welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Win Pod Repeat, the podcast where the Red Sox win. We do a podcast, and then we do it all again the next week. I'm Sam Anthony, and alongside me is the man with the best hinge game in the D.C. metro area, and that's Spencer Wellington. He also likes the Red Sox, too. Uh, Spencer, how's your Sunday been? Uh, it's been pretty fucking good, and it's it's a lot better now because we're doing Win Pod Repeat, and we're doing the first episode, so it's uh, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, so you know, uh, you know, hopefully, I uh, I don't fuck this up with any more technical issues, but I, I can't promise that. Well, so, if you do, it's the first uh, episode. You know, we're gonna, you know, if this is if this is good and anyway. this gets published, so you know, we'll just remember fondly as you know, Spencer yelled at me while I was trying to figure out my own internet issues. So, yeah, the yelling's definitely not gonna end, which is fine. I'm okay with that, but. We'll give them a rundown on uh, what we do here. So this is, uh, you know, again, Win Pod Repeat, if you can't tell by the name, we're a Boston Red Sox podcast. The The plan is to do this weekly. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, where uh, Spencer and I will give a, give you guys the rundown and everything going Boston Red Sox, give our thoughts, feelings, emotions, um, and some some hot takes sometimes. Uh, you know, you should have seen me in the offseason talking about Franchi Cordero. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Spencer, anything you want to add that I that I missed there that that I we aren't going to talk about? We are going to talk about. Are we going to talk about your hinge game? Uh, no, we're sure not going to talk about the hinge game. Um, but the thing you missed there is you said you talked about Franchi Cordero, <laughs> but you didn't say how much you hyped up Franchi Cordero um, and how I shot that down and told you that he wasn't going to be good. And then, oh wow, it, it, it turns out I was right. And um, just a little note for our, our podcast <laughs> listeners is that I'm always right in, in all these situations. So, you know, listening to this podcast is going to be very helpful for you to know what's going to happen in the future. And um, so, I mean, the listeners are going to get a lot out of this, um, I think, you know, just from listening to me. That's brutal brutal you know i this no you know but to be fair all right i thought i just went with the hype he was gonna mash doubles off the monster um but you know you have to not strike out to mash doubles off the monster so mistakes were made but hey he hit a ball 474 feet so we'll always have that and so will citizens bank park yeah so we'll but we'll talk about that a little later all right we're gonna you know first let's you know give them a little get a little tease of the show here so you know we got a lot we want to talk about today uh but we're going to start off with uh, we are going to talk about fans back at fenway so i if you guys were watching on saturday which you should have been because it was absolutely i mean the word i would describe is electric fans back in the stands we got a fuck Kyrie chant going people are going bananas you got the bullpen you got Ottavino working out of jams everyone's going nuts full stands and like that's what baseball's like it just like it felt good and uh I mean Spencer I'll tell you I uh just watching it I was getting hype and I was sitting there and I was looking up tickets to go to Fenway Park and I'm like when when am I going up when are we going when are we doing the bleacher bar when are we making this happen yeah dude it was it was incredible I mean you could tell that you know, in the post-game press conferences that all the players were, were fired up by it. I mean, Adovino was like, dude, I never show emotion, but I fucking was fired up and I showed emotion, you know, for the first time, you know, in, in years. Um, and, you know, Ivaldi was talking about it. And um, I mean, it was it was a shitty day for baseball. You know, it was a rainy, like cloudy, fucking shitty day. And the fans didn't, didn't give a shit. They just brought it. Um, and... 
And uh, yeah, we got to fuck Kyrie. Sh- so fuck Kyrie and fuck the Nets. Um, they're blowing the Celtics out right now. Yeah, no, it sucks. But Kemba Walker's not even playing. The Celtics just what? do not give a shit this year. Um, and so therefore, I don't either. Yeah, these are important notes. As these a Celtics are important fan, notes, but, but uh, yeah, that's not what we're talking about. Fuck the Celtics and fuck uh, Kyrie. You know, it's just one. I think it's just it's good for it's good for baseball, man. Like. You know, the cardboard fans were, like, really cute when they first did it. You know, there was nothing we could do. There couldn't be fans in the stands. But we're headed towards the summer. You know, you get you get fans for Memorial Day weekend. You're going to get a full house for, for July 4. Uh, it's just going to feel like baseball. And, I mean, there's, there's very few parks, in my opinion, that have a better atmosphere than Fenway Park. You know, there's not as many fans, but it's tight. It's intimate. You have, you know, the Green Monster, just the area around to catch a game. It's so, it's unbelievable. And just the fans, baby, just fucking getting loud and being obnoxious and doing what baseball's all about. It's just good. And, and the, the fact that they get to come back to a good team, you know, it's like, dude, screw last year. Like, we were terrible. I don't even care. There weren't fans there. I wouldn't have wanted to go watch that team. So it's just exceptional, exceptional way to come back. Yeah, it's it's definitely important to have a good team to come back to. Because um, I know just kind of based off of the feel, uh, fans weren't all that hype for this team after what they saw last year. And there was like reports from the Boston media that was like, oh, there, there's the least hype for a Red Sox team in years this year. And it was like, well, we're coming off the pandemic and we're talk- coming off of a shit Red Sox team, but you know, wait till they're good and then the Dude, fans will and, come out because that's what they do. So good, um, and and more and, importantly, you know, we are good. You know, so, I know this is a topic you really so, want to talk about, to and you didn't team. appreciate my really shitty Photoshop. But one of the big reasons that Boston's been really great, and especially lately, um, I don't know if you've seen how good the bullpen's been. You know, Boston's won seven of their last nine, and the bullpen has an ERA under two. And they've been great. And leading the charges all year has been it's been Matt fucking Barnes, baby, who you have uh, kindly dubbed, and you want to nickname him the Winter Soldier. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, he has you know Matty backpacks um, from Section Ten, and and that's that's a fine uh, nickname and all. But Matty backpacks, I feel like, is more of a, a middle reliever or a setup man nickname. Um, but Matt Barnes is a closer now, and he's fully embraced that role. Um, and I think he needs a nickname um, that that goes with that that closer role and goes with the dominance that he's been showing lately. Uh, and I think you know, no better nickname than than the Winter Soldier for that. Um, you know, watching uh, the Winter Falcon and the Winter Soldier series recently, I went back and watched uh, the Captain America movies, which were just so much better than that shitty show. Um, but that's another topic. Uh, but you know, just having those those scenes where they're like bring in the winter soldier it's just like you're like oh shit shit's about to fucking go down somebody's about to get fucked up by the winter soldier and that's exactly what happens in those oh, movies, yeah. and that's exactly what matt you barnes know i love stats comes in these games sam i got some stats for you all right you want some you want some matt barnes stats all right all right so uh, basically i was like let me just show how good matt barnes has been relative to the league and then like dive into a little bit of of what's making him that good so he's sixth in all of relievers in baseball in case per nine. He's third in strikeout What's percentage. His plus? He's third in FIP, the almighty FIP, the all important, most important pitching stat. Uh, he's he's second in X FIP, which is which is even better. Oraldis um, Chapman is of course in first place. Fuck Oraldis Chapman, um, domestic abuser that he is. And then he's first in uh, Sierra, which probably isn't how you're supposed to pronounce that stat, but um, it's how I pronounce it because it's what it looks like. 
um, which <laughs> some people might not know what Sierra is, and I actually don't totally remember uh, what all goes into it, but I just know yeah, that you smart know, uh, I guess it, so I mean... uh, it's, it's got to be good, right, if it's on Fangraphs? But then you look at uh, some of the reasons. <laughs> yeah, that you know, uh, well, maybe Barnes... one day we'll uh, we'll know. No, go ahead, Sam. Sierra, but uh, hey, man, uh, dude, Matt Barnes has been dealing. You're you're absolutely right, and it's it's interesting because, like, I always thought he was like okay, he was you know pretty good, but like this year, it's it's felt like he's coming out of nowhere. And I know you're you know you're throwing all those analytics at me and all that jazz, and that's great. But if we're just going down to the basics, he had a 408 career ERA coming into this season, and he's got a 2.63 ERA so far this year, and he's got 12 saves. I mean, he's he has been like you said, the guy that you come in, you put him in in a big situation. And he goes and he and he gets it done. And dude, I mean, just like that to me is that that's such a thing that when the Red Sox struggled in nineteen and even in twenty, they were lacking. It felt like there were so many lost games because you would have guys come in and Matt Barnes included that wouldn't come and they wouldn't finish the games. And you just, I mean, you need that. I mean, look at the look at the fucking New York Mets. I mean, you know, probably how many how many times have they bitched about Edwin Diaz being fucking garbage? So yeah, man, dude, gimme, gimme, yeah. Hey, we love, we love Matty Backpack, but you're right, the fucking Winter Soldier. I'm in. I'm committed. We're gonna make it happen. We're gonna have the internet make it happen. They're gonna be like, who the fuck are these guys on the internet talking about the Winter Soldier and their stupid fucking logo? But let's do it. Ship it, kid. Well, yeah, I mean, we just gotta get the the logo a little bit uh, improved there. I know you were just going on the fly there. I, I was at work uh, with that. Also. Uh, piece of artwork that you put on the internet there but um yeah so i looked also at like kind of what he's doing well yeah that too but what he's doing this year he's throwing strikes and he's throwing first pitch strikes his first pitch strike percentage is uh tops in in all of baseball his swinging strike percentage is tops in all of all of relievers uh and so you know, he's starting out at bats with those strikes. You think back to what he did last year and he, you just, the image that I have of him last year is just bouncing curveballs in the dirt just all the time. He was afraid to go into the strike zone. And I don't know who he talked to this year, but they're like, dude, your curveball's ridiculous. Your fastball's ridiculous. Nobody's going to hit you. Just throw that shit for strikes and uh, you're untouchable. You know, unless Shohei Otani hits a foul ball. Uh, you know, that was a foul ball. But anyway... Um, you know, another thing, Fangraphs shows that there's like a slider that he's throwing, which it, Fangraphs hasn't registered a slider for him since 2017. It was only, you know, 3% of the time, but it's a faster pitch than what his curveball is recorded at. So, you know, I don't know if that's something that's maybe throwing hitters off a little bit. Um, there's a change up in there that he didn't throw it all last year. Um, that, you know, is another thing that could just be adding a little bit to, to what he's kind of putting out there, but um essentially it comes down to just throwing his stuff that's ridiculous in the zone and in terms of being the winter soldier i mean that just comes down to feel as a fan when this guy comes into the game um and you know i told you i haven't had a feeling like i have with matt barnes since koji like when koji came into the game you're like this is this shit is over that's a w put it in the books um even craig kimbrell is you know even from the beginning of craig kimbrell is like he could definitely give up a homer here and blow this shit. No. Uh, and you just don't get that feeling with Matt Barnes this year. So unless Mike Trout hits a yeah, hey man, at least at least look at it this way. Hits a 
You're, you're still a little bit bitter. It's fine. But at least um, we I'm didn't give bitter. up a walk-off home run to Robbie Grossman and then get swept by the Detroit Tigers like the uh, the New York <laughs> Yankees. And it's so, it's so funny to me because if you go on baseball reference, the team in the AL East with the highest playoff odds are the New York Yankees and then the Tampa Bay Rays, which is fair. They are, you know, leading the division. And then the Boston Red Sox, who, as of today, have a 47% chance to make the playoffs, um, which is good. You know, I mean, it's higher. And again, the Red Sox have been better than everyone else. But at what point are we finally... It's disre- You're right, and it's disrespectful. When are, but, like, when are we going to finally get to the point where, you know, people actually are like, the Red Sox are for real? Because we're two months into the season now. You know, like, good first month, like, whatever. Like, look at the Kansas City Royals. Like, they fucking suck now. Disrespectful. But the, the Red Sox, man, they, they keep winning, and, and they've been good lately. Wow, who called that? <sighs> yeah, I mean, the, the Rays are going to be the Rays. The Rays, you know, have a million players who just, you know, they play them at the right time and it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I was looking today. Um, Tubby G man Choi um, has a WRC plus over 200. Like he's only playing uh, obviously against righties. Cause that's how they, how they play him. But the dude's crossing, crushing the shit out of pitchers right now. Um, and then the pitching staff is just ridiculous. I mean, they got Shane McClanahan that came up. Shane McClanahan wasn't a big name. But, uh, you know, he was one of the aces of my staff and out of the park, uh, shout out out of the park. Um, and the dude throws a hundred miles an hour and he, they just bring these guys up that aren't even in their top 10 prospects and they throw a hundred miles an hour. And then you just throw solid guys behind that when you have guys like Colin McHugh and Michael Waka and then fucking Rich Hill, Dick Mountain out there is, is dealing lately. So yeah, no, like, and that's the thing is like, all right. Here's here's my thing with the New York Yankees, all right? Like, first off, there was all the hate on Corey Kluber, and then he threw his no-hitter, and then everyone's like, oh, we love we loved Corey. Corey's the best. Corey's the best pitcher. Like, And you have Jameson Tyon, who is not the pitcher that he was, and he wasn't even – It's that's it, dude. As someone who works with a lot of Yankees fans, um, it's just – it's brutal. Brutal. But, yeah, you know, that pitching staff besides Garrett Cole, when you get outside of it – it's not good. And even the the relief staff outside of, you know, Araldis Chapman and um, oh, I can't even say his name, Loasiga. I, I literally, my roommate calls him Johnny Lasagna. And that's who, uh, that's what I refer to him as now. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Uh, so he's solid, but, you know, Justin Wilson, I love that Justin Wilson gives up the uh, walk-off home run to Robbie Grossman and then immediately gets put on the 10-day I.L., and you're just like, oh, yeah, he was hurt. That's what happened. And it's like, no, nah, man. Like, yep, yep. He, uh, that was, yeah, Robbie Grossman killed him. That's what's on his uh, gravestone. It's fine. It's fine. But, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Like, I, I know you picked, you know, when we talked about this at the beginning of the year, you said the Rays are going to win the division. So, naturally, you're standing by that decision. Um, and I think that's fair. I The Red Sox are good. All right. But, you know, it, well, I mean, naturally, I, I was great. And, yeah, let's and, yeah. yeah. Let's be clear. You you said you, I got a text today that said the Brewers <laughs> are back because Yelich is playing well, uh, but still ignoring the rest of that that lineup. Watch out for the Brew Crew. 
No, not at, I'm not in on the. Hey, Abisai Al Garcia, he's uh he's been hitting the ball lately, and uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. had the walk off. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they got, got Willie Adams City out there with Travis Shaw, um, and Willie Adams. Yeah, he he crushes you know occasional home runs, um, but you know they all they need is Yelich and uh, Keston Hira. He'll be hitting baseballs soon, hopefully. And then your pitching staff there is crazy. So Brewers, oh, in the I mean, that's bet fair. on it, lock it in. All right, bet, bet, bet your life savings on it. If we're trying to get some money, then I guess you know maybe the maybe the Brew Crew. But um, all right, well, you know, final thoughts here on on this before I, I move on. Um, I I agree. We're gonna have Red Sox second, Yankees overrated. Fuck the Yankees. Um, and I hope that Yankees fans somehow hear this and get mad like they do at everything. Y'all haven't had a losing season in 28 years. I'm fucking done with this whiny shit. It's fucking annoying. Worst fan base in baseball. I get triggered. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, um, no arguments here. Yeah, so, all right. So, Spencer, the other thing that I want to talk to you about that we mentioned a little bit earlier, um, and, you know, you had to make sure to mention that I was incorrect uh, was that the Red Sox optioned Franchi Cordero. Uh, the man that I said would crush dingers and mash balls off the green monster, uh, but ended up hitting below the Mendoza line and making me look like a real fucking idiot. I mean, Sam, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, that's pretty much exactly <laughs> what happened. So I, I don't want to pile on there, but um, you know, I already said my piece earlier. I'll just wait for the next time I'm right to, to add more to the fire there. Yeah. So, all right. But like, that's, and that's a good point. Cause there are a lot of opportunities in this Red Sox lineup <laughs> to, to be right or wrong because you know, it's interesting. This was a non-traditional Red Sox off season. It felt more like a Tampa Bay Rays off season when you're going and you're getting Adam Adovino basically just to eat the salary from the Yankees. You basically got him for free, you know, basically free agent signing. You go get Marwin Gonzalez, you go get Franchi, you go get Hunter Renfro, you get Sawamura, um, you get a bunch of, you get Danny Santana. I always forget about Danny Santana, and I can't forget about Danny Tufi. Um, but, you know, in terms of what I want your take on, Spencer, is, is you know, who are the guys that you think definitely, like, great signings, going to be guys that we see on the team come, you know, September, come postseason run, whatever it is, and what are the guys that by the time we get there you think will also um, be in the graveyard with Franchi? Um, so, I mean, just watching Hunter Renfro over this series this weekend, he could certainly be in the conversation at the end of the year. He, that, that guy's hot right now. Um, but when I look at him, there's a lot of, um, I don't know, it looks like Babbitt luck to me. Uh, he's hitting some ground balls that are finding holes and, you know, it's good to put the ball in play. Of course, uh, Hunter Renfro, the, the strikeout King there, but, uh, you know, I don't know if he keeps a 300 average the rest of the way like he's had in May. Uh, Danny Santana, you know, like you mentioned, he could certainly be in the conversation. He, we watched him hit a dinger in Philly, and um, he, you know, he's got that ability to hit the ball out of the ballpark. He's fast as fuck. Um, you know, he can play center field and first base very well. Like, what are you, what are you Cody Bellinger out here? Um, but uh, you know, aside from those guys, you know, I came into this and I was like, it's Adam Adovino. You know, he's been he's been very good. Um, you know, earlier in the season, maybe you don't trust Adam Ottavino, you know, as much as you'd like when he gives up some runs when he when he comes in the game, you know, in, in critical situations. But he's been quietly very good, you know, in the m- month of May, and then he had that big moment in the game on Saturday. Um, so I was definitely going to go with Ottavino, and I was like, dude, 
Garrett Whitlock has been yeah. fucking nails. The dude has an ERA under two. Like, what are we talking about here? I mean, he's got a better XFIP than Onovino. He's, you know, Garrett Whitlock has been crazy good. And then I was thinking, well, you know, he hasn't really thrown that many innings. He's thrown the most innings of anybody in the bullpen. He's thrown 24.1 innings, which is just 0.1 more than Matt Barnes. And so that was kind of crazy to me. Um, and when you get him in Rule 5, I mean, you know, you were you took out of, you know, in a salary dump, right? And so that's just paying money. But he's getting paid, what, like $11 million, which is, yeah. is pretty pricey for, for a reliever. Um, you get Garrett Whitlock for the league minimum, Rule 5 pick from the Yankees, Um it doesn't get much better than that, especially since it's somebody that the Yankees just said, um, you know, we don't think this guy is worth having on a 40 man roster. Um, and, and he's, he's yeah. the nails. So, you know, it's kind of a toss up for me with them. I came in thinking out of, you know, uh, I'm coming out kind of thinking Whitlock. Um, and you just got to hope that Whitlock can prove it the rest of the way. Um, Cause you know, the league's probably going to do some adjustments to him as a young pitcher, but um, and Adovino is 35. I had no idea he was yeah. that old, but uh, dude can still yeah. pitch. So, yeah. You know what? And to, to Sam, build your thoughts on, that, on the best even, yeah. time acquisition. Yeah. So I'll tell you though, uh, my, here's my thought I'll give you on why Adovino and Whitlock are even better is because of the fact that we took them from the Yankees. And the fact that the Yankees are a team that's looking for relief pitcher depth, guys that they really can rely and trust upon. And two of the Red Sox most trusted relievers right now are guys that the Yankees could have on their roster right now. Not guys that like, oh, you know, due to unforeseen circumstances or we had to take them out because we had too much depth. Uh, No, like. I mean, the Yankees right now are trying to call guys up, you know, like Davey Garcia is coming up. He's going to make an appearance in the rotation. You know, everyone's clamoring for Clark Schmidt to come up and they wouldn't have to worry about that. And, you know, Whitlock's the best one, in my opinion. That's not even a question to me because of the fact that not only can you put him in in like a jam, but if you need Whitlock to go and throw three or four innings for you, long relief mop up duty, like he can do that too. And we've seen him do it. And having a reliever that can play those different kinds of roles, like, that's just, I mean, that's huge, especially the way that Alex Cora manages, where it's kind of like, we're going to put you in a lot of different situations. That's again, that's why like Cora and Bloom, like that's why they went and got guys like Marwin. That's why they went and got guys like Danny Santana and Danny Santana, the minors, they were literally playing him everywhere. They played him almost every position, basically, but besides pitcher and catcher, because they want guys that they can move around because that, that makes the team way more dangerous in the postseason because you can put a guy on the roster and you can put him in any spot that you need him to situationally. And that that's what makes the Red Sox dangerous. And that's like what makes the team like the Rays dangerous, but the Red Sox even more because they can also have the payroll to go be competitive and go get the other guys that they need to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and just, you know, something that I wanted to mention, um, you, you had talked about, you know, the Yankees and their lack of depth in their bullpen. I was looking at their bullpen earlier. Um, obviously, you know, they got Chapman, you mentioned Loisaga, um, you know, other than that, there's not a lot there. Chad, Chad Green's been pretty good. Michael King, you know, has some pretty good stats, which, you know, I don't know. If, I don't know if that holds up over the long term. Um, but the guy in their bullpen who's pissing me off is Lucas Lutji. I don't even know if that's how you spell his name or say his name. And I don't give a shit because he's a 35 year old <laughs> nobody who came out of nowhere. 34, excuse me. And oh, he's geez. got a, a 312 XFIP. He's got. He's got a 2.66 ERA. 
like in in twenty three innings. This is, I've never heard of this guy before this year. Get the fuck out of here, Yankees. Uh, this might be a recurring segment. I'm thinking, you know, from here is is this guy's pissing me off. Where you have a guy <laughs> that um, you know statistically is is performing in a way you very much didn't expect, and because uh, I have a lot of those guys, you know, I scroll the box scores in the morning or at at my lunch break, and you know, find a guy in the bullpen. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? I never heard of him before. And Luke Zlucci, he just shows up in these Yankees box scores, uh, keeps posting zeros. It's pissing me off. Um, thoughts. I just wanted. To, I just wanted to let you know that it's it's lit key, like L I T key. No, it's definitely not it. That. That's that's it. That's uh, that's nope. straight from never baseball reference. Him like that. <laughs> nope. Fuck that guy. No, I don't. I hey. sure won't ever call him that. <laughs> hey, I you know I tried to help you, um, but you know hopefully it's just uh, I, I prefer if you just went away. I mean, I agree with you. It doesn't doesn't make any fucking sense, and uh, yeah, it just doesn't feel. I like mean, it. if he could just start getting lit up at at any time, that'd be great. Yeah, dude. I mean, it, it, dude, it's so funny, but yeah, like the Yankees, man. It feels like yeah, they got like three or four relievers you can trust, and then the rest is just a fucking like holy fucking. I mean, they had to go get Wandy Peralta like desperate times. I mean, they also had to go get Rugen Adore. Um, hey, you know, legend, the man who punched Jose Batista in the face. Um, that guy but, sucks. Yeah, he's uh, and you know, let's let's see how's he how's he doing here? Oh, door. Um, he's uh, yeah, he's he sitting, looks uh, like a bitch now too year. with his beard shaved off. Dude, I don't like it. It makes it makes me uncomfortable. It's like a little unsettling. I also noticed I was watching like the end of the Yankees game on Friday, and I realized I don't know what like half the Yankees players look like because I just don't give a shit about. The Yankees, yeah. like, no. you know, back five years ago, I I knew the faces of all the players on the Yankees when you had A-Rod and Jeter, um, you know, and Mariano Rivera and and CC uh, Sabathia and all those guys, Mark Teixeira. Like, I knew all those players, Brett Gardner, you know, he's still there, old fuck. Um, but, you know, I look and I was like, is that Glaber Torres? I don't know what Glaber Torres looks like because I don't give a shit. Like... Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Miguel Andujar, I don't know what the fuck he looks like. Um, so, I mean, M- Miguel Andujar is yeah, overrated. That was just my, my Friday thought. And, uh, Glaber Torres. Yeah. Glaber oh, definitely. Torres that guy is, sucks. Uh, is not good either. Um, I think he's overrated. Um, and then again, their best players, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, um, they're always hurt. So it's kind of like, yeah, remember when, remember 2017 Aaron Judge? Because I really, that's that's it. It's like a distant memory now of like who the fuck that guy was. Cause yeah, I not, check in like, on a Yankees game expecting to see Aaron Judge and Stanton and they're not there. So. And like Judge, Judge has played 49 games this year. So it's not like he's been hurt, hurt, and he's hitting 300 and he's got 13 home runs, which is great. But you know who's doing better than him? Xander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, Rafael Devers. Yep. All three of those guys, uh-huh. and uh, oh, you know, it's and it's funny because it, it leads into the the next thing that we want to talk about here, and it's the fact that you know Mike Trout's hurt, and he's he's out. You know, he's gonna he's gonna miss six to eight weeks, which means the MVP race is is wide open. You know, I know there's you know obviously Shohei's probably gonna be a guy that that gives everyone a run for their money, but also he's a guy that could get hurt, could miss time. You know, that's not out of the question, um, and it feels like. Not enough people are talking about guys like Bogarts, like Devers, 
like Martinez. Now, if I had to pick any of those three to be a guy that I would consider an MVP candidate right now, I would probably pick Xander Bogarts. I think just all around, he's been great. The timing, everything he does, um, he's just been exceptional. I mean, that doesn't discount anything that Martinez or Devers has done. Martinez has been a little bit more inconsistent, in my opinion. Um, He's kind of like, he showed up at the beginning of the year, disappeared a little bit, comes back. And Devers is great. I I fucking love that guy. He's my favorite player. Um, Besides Alex Verdugo, I also love him. But um, I I would pick Bogarts just because, like, I mean, one, the dude's hitting like 336. That's fucking unbelievable. Yeah, especially in in the run scoring environment that we have, you know, this season, these past few seasons where everybody's just launch angle trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark and being able to hit with an average like that is is pretty crazy. I mean, obviously, JD, you know, love that guy, but he's never going to win an MVP because he doesn't play defense, which honestly, I feel like he's played a little bit more. Uh, in the outfield this year, uh, which is a little bit questionable, but I feel like it hasn't really hurt us too much to this point. Um, Devers is my boy. Love that guy. But I don't think Devers is Devers or is as good as he's been this year without Xander Bogarts. Um, I think, you know, having him as you know a leader for, for Devers and an example is absolutely huge in just kind of on a daily basis, kind of keeping that kid uh, focused and stuff. You know, we've seen before him have some issues with his defense, issues with his conditioning, um, you know, coming into to camp last year in the summer camp. Um, so, you know, it, he's 13 years old. Those guys, 13-year-olds have some focus issues. Um, it is what it is. Um, but, you know, he's he, he's just ripping, ripping dingers left and right. And he had his first three-hit game the other day. His first three hit game of the year. If he's, that feels like he has three hits every fucking game. That blew my mind. But um, you know, Devers is probably the guy who could actually go out and win the the actual MLB MVP award this year, um, uh, just because he has that hitting talent and you know the expected numbers are even higher than the numbers he has, which is insane. Um, Spencer, I barrels everything. I'd consider you the uh xander bogarts to my Raphael devers because uh without you i would also not be focused or stay in shape you know <laughs> i feel like that is uh i feel like that's pretty accurate i feel like I, you know, uh, I'm, I'm the like... one who uh you know reins you in when you need it yeah, you know, stops me from from <laughs> drinking that extra pitcher of mimosas. Maybe has one less summer shandy. Uh, it's Memorial Day weekend, and I'm here podcasting. So you should you should really be proud of me. I am pretty proud of you for this. I feel like you <laughs> probably have... already got your fill in last night or Friday night, but but uh, yeah. Who knows? Hey, I could have I could have had a hot date tonight, but I no, mean, hey, you can still get drunk with your roommates after this. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I probably will. So <laughs> you love my hinge dates. It's great. It's uh, you, hey, I, I can coach you up if you want. Don't worry. I don't need your help. You don't need my help. All right. Yeah, that's uh, a, the, the direct quote was. You can I, get I don't need. Down I don't need anything from you in that department, Sam. All right. I mean, that is hey, the direct the quote, and I will get shot down in person. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> the offer still stands. I would be an exceptional wingman. I mean, I I don't discount that that you have that uh, very much outgoing personality to be that wingman, Sam. Oh, I meant it's that. Too bad um, you live you know, three hours away. 
I I was more talking about just how like good looking and sexy that I am. Um, I just wanted everyone to know on the podcast they can't see that's me. That's not what I was talking about. Look that's me up on Instagram that's at Sam Anthony two one two. That's all right. You know you can you can you can can confirm it for everybody to know. So it's fine. I'll do some push ups. I'm not gonna drink after this. I'm totally not. I totally yep. didn't crush my Sam's a sexy motherfucker. That's right. Yeah, that's the, uh, yeah, that's, hey, I, you know, Spencer, <laughs> those words have come out of uh, Spencer's mouth, just not about me, uh, actually about him, because he's a self-centered prick. What? Did I say that? that? A few oh. times. <laughs> whoa, whoa, <laughs> language. <laughs> it's too late. It happened. I, should I, should, I'll scrub it off later. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. But, you know, I'll, I'll keep us focused here as the Raphael Devers of the group. You're welcome. Uh, more, yeah. So in terms of, as I try to regain my thoughts here, um, <laughs> as he laughs at me, it's fine. It's all right. You can delete this part out. <laughs> It'll be cut. It'll be fine. But uh, no, man, I, the, with the Red Sox, man, I just, it, it does. It, it, it's kind of exciting to see the fact that you have a dude like Xander Bogart, who, again, I, just, and I know, first off, everyone every year rags on how bad his defense is. They pull up the DRS and all that stuff. And, I, and I've been one of those people that does it because it's pretty bad. But the thing you have to understand about defensive metrics is that they're still evolving and they're still changing. I mean, they got changed heading into the 2020 season. The actual DRS got changed everywhere because the definition of a change. They tried to basically, you know, positions that require less range, they didn't have that ding players because they didn't necessarily need the range as long as they were making the plays. Um, so it just, you know, it's interesting because, again, if you've been watching the games, which I think is important, you know, that's the thing I think we lose sometimes in baseball. Some people, you know, you'll spew out numbers, but if you watch these guys situationally, Bogarts has made some exceptional plays on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, plays that have stood out, plays that have saved runs. Um, and, you know, I don't give a fuck about DRS if he's going to be hitting the ball really well and he's going to be doing those things because if he's going to do enough of the Red Sox to win every day and be a big reason, like you said, you know, not only on the field but off the field, then how can you not consider him most valuable player? Because you just have to wonder, you know, out of those three players that we mentioned, Martinez, Devers, and Bogarts, who, how, like which player, if they were out of the lineup, would the Red Sox be significantly worse? And I, I would think it's Xander Bogarts. A hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, with Devers, I don't give a flying fuck about his defense. I just don't care. He can just rake all day. I, I don't care if he has three errors every day. Um, I mean, Bogarts. We've been over this before. I would obviously prefer to have Andrelton Simmons. Uh, playing some shortstop for us, um, you know, maybe like Jose Iglesias at this point. I don't think Simmons plays for the Twins right now. I think he's dead. Um, but you know, if you shifted Bogarts to third, that's where he started out. He's he's played there before. You you play Devers at first. You know, your defense is probably probably a lot better. You probably take a little bit of a hit offensively, but I mean, is it that much between taking Dahlbeck out of the lineup? I love Bobby. Um, but dude strikes out just so much. And I feel like Andrelton Simmons is probably a more valuable player overall. Um, clearly Heim doesn't agree because he let Simmons sit on the free agent market and go to the twins. Um, and I also feel like Bogarts would just be pissed off if they moved him off a shortstop, which, you know, those are the kinds of things that, you know, we can say a guy should move off a position and, and that's kind of not realistic because those are the clubhouse dynamics. Um, that we don't yeah. we don't know about we don't experience, um, but 
man, uh, I would love to put a, a defensively gifted shortstop on that team and see what happens. I know, but you yeah, were I got you were very Galvis on my out of the park Red Sox team right now, and he uh, he cannot hit, but play some nice defense. There you go, and that's and that's fine, and we we love that. But uh, yeah, no, you definitely you definitely wanted Andrelton Simmons. I know that you still what hey, you never know. The Twins are terrible, so that that could be a deadline move in the books for you. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure he's dead, and uh, you can't play dead guys. So, um, I mean, you know, that's we'll have to, that's we'll have to check on that closer to the deadline. We'll check, uh, yeah, literally alive or dead at the deadline, um, which is fine. Hey, you, things can change. Uh, you know, prayers up, thoughts and prayers for our boy Andrelton Simmons. Um, but you know, kind of, kind of moving on to another yeah, another thing that we want to life. cover. Yeah, he'll come back. It'll be fine. Um, but you know, I'm sure as everyone's noticed on this really particularly dreary Memorial Day weekend, um, there's been a fucking shitload of rain. Um, I know that when I walk 15 minutes to my car, it's fucking annoying. Um, and if you've watched the Red Sox play the last, you know, obviously the game on Sunday got postponed. Um, Saturday was decent. It was, you know, all right. And then, um, you know, you had the game on Thursday where they had a three hour delay, decided to come back and play. And then it started to pour again. And they were like, well, I guess we got to finish this game. And then on Friday, you had the sixth inning game where literally the fans were cheering in the sixth inning when Adovino was in because they literally knew that they were just playing this game to get to six innings. Like everybody knew the fact that they played the game blew my mind. Um, but it just like, it's an interesting thought to me. And I know we kind of mentioned it earlier, but like the fact that they played these games was super interesting to me because again, like pitching in it has to be terrible. If you're a pitcher, you have to be pissed off. I mean, remember Lucas Sims, you know, for the Reds throwing baseballs back into the dugout and as you know, legend, the Reds, absolute legend. Yeah. And you know, we're not pissed off. It's kind of like the seven inning or uh, sorry, the seven inning double header rule. Yeah. Where like, you're not pissed off if your team wins. Like the Red Sox won. So it's like, all right, like whatever the Red Sox lose, they get blown up. I'm pissed. If I'm a Marlins and a Braves fan, I'm pissed. Not so much the Braves because they would call that game and the Red Sox would have won anyway. Um, but the Marlins, like, you go play that six-inning game. Like, they knew it was going to be six innings. And it, it, you just, like, and it's a shitty day. You're in Boston. You're on the road. Like, and you're just, like, there was no way. that And, like, I don't give a shit. Oh, everyone's facing the same conditions. Like, it still sucks. It's no opportune way. And then you're pissed. I mean, they're lucky nobody got hurt. You know, that's the other thing is, like, let's say somebody gets hurt. Let's say, you know. We have a, a Roman Quinn situation. You know, somebody slips going around the bases. They're out for the season. You got to be pissed off. I, I, you know, and I get it. Like, they're having a hard time. You know, they're trying to make sure that they don't have to have too many double headers, especially with the way the season started. Not so much for the Red Sox, but for other teams. But it just, like, it felt really fucking bad that they played a lot of those games. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned being pissed if they lost. And I'm still pissed, even though they won, because they only got credit for one win in each of those games. They should get two wins. They beat the team they were playing and they beat the rain. So, I mean, that's two wins in my book. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, you look at these games and the puddles on the field, man, on Friday night was just, that was insane. I was like, what are we doing here? We were playing in a mud pit out here. Um, and then, you know, like you said, it's gotta be miserable to be pitching in. Uh, I can't imagine it's that fun to be hitting in either. I don't know how you see a pitch come in with, pouring rain in front of your eyes um uh, yeah I, I don't know why they didn't do a double header on saturday or or something and it 
it's hard because you know there's rain forecasted for the whole weekend it's hard to predict that stuff um it's just shitty yeah i was listening to the recent section 10 and they're like i feel stupid for for like raging at the weather it, it just makes me feel stupid and i was like uh yeah that like that sounds right I feel that not much you can do about it but uh you know just hope for better summer days ahead hopefully this is like the last shitty weekend until september like i was out on saturday i was like this feels like october i don't want to feel october in may you know oh i just say that yeah that's what, like we, we're gonna get plenty of that in october and that's fine because it's the playoffs and we're all about that bring me that energy but yeah dude i hate sunday all right right i'm trying to go to this red sox yankees game and uh, it's supposed to be like sunny and like 80 degrees. So like, let's fucking go. Yeah, I'm so jealous. I mean, I won't be as jealous when you get beat up by Yankees fans, but I'm pretty jealous. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I'm going to yell. Um, hey, maybe <laughs> look at it this way. Maybe it'll get on video and maybe I'll plug it with our podcast and maybe that'll get our, get us listeners. Yeah, just do it for the do it for the pod, Sam. Just do it for the uh, pod, bro. Get it on get it on video and and get just the shit beat out of you and I yeah mean, you know you'll be fine you'll recover yeah yeah it's fine i you know glass bones paper skin but i'm fine it's fine it's yeah <laughs> all right so we'll wind down here where we're getting close to the end so you know spencer uh you know we made our we made our twitter account we've been tweeting for about a month now um but we really need to discuss um well, what we're what we're doing? Like, how do we how do we revamp this Twitter account? All right, I want your thoughts because I know you have thoughts because you have thoughts on fucking everything. Well, yeah, of course. Let me let me bring it up real quick. Just like the the profile, um, you know, I don't I don't have a lot of problems here, Sam. The the logo is fire. Um, so shout out Thank to the you. logo maker. The name is fire. Um, but the, this profile here, um, uh, you know. Just uh, saying that I think I'm always right, which I don't think I'm always right. I just am. Uh, and then you get mad oh, about so it. That... Um, I mean, I don't think you get that mad. Uh, nah, I mean, I think mad. it's not that far off, but I, I think we could find something something catchier. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like it could be workshop. Give, give it to me. Give it to me. What do you What do you got? Like, you can't just come out here and say it's got to be workshopped and give me no thoughts. Nah, I, come on. Oh, there's a new login alert. Yeah, that was that must was be, me. I'm logging out on Sam my computer Anthony on a new device. I don't trust this. I need to review this and uh, get you banned. Am I gonna get banned? Wow, banned that, I'm gonna get kicked out. Of you this and fucking you and account. Trump both banned from Twitter. That's it, dude. Me and Donnie, we're gonna be hanging out in Mar-a-Lago this summer. So me and him, me him and Bobby Kraft. I don't know. Like you look at you look at some people's uh, uh, profile things, and they got like like just a couple words. Um, and no, I don't know. I don't know, Sam. I'm looking for right. looking for better here. I got, I got you. I got you. I'm 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 typing it right now as we speak. I'm gonna say, you know, how I how I intro. I yeah, feel like that was great. It. The Reds the Red Sox win. We pod, and then we do it all again. Catch our podcast every Monday. Let's go. Keep it fucking rolling. I like the keep it fucking rolling. Uh, was just me ad libbing at the end. You know. You know that's not bad, Sam. That's that's yep. better than what we've got. That's for that's sure. That's the one. That's that's money. You know, it came I, I do the, like the intro. By the way, that was that was pretty good stuff. You came came up fresh with that. I wasn't wasn't prepared, and I, was, I liked it. 
It came to me while I was drinking a White Claw in the shower. I'll be entirely honest with you. Well, you are a bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was it? What, what were you? Yeah, you're into seltzers and wine. That was what you said the other day. You're going to move on from beer to just wine right, and seltzer. On. Hold on. Let's get the story straight. I I shared that I was trying Bud Light Seltzer Lemonades this weekend. Um, shout out Bud Light Seltzer Lemonade. Sponsor us. Um <laughs> And they're pretty good. You know, I, I'm not that experienced in the seltzer game. I've only had, you know, a couple of Trulies, a couple of White Claws in my in my time of drinking alcohol. And, uh, you know, I was feeling this weekend. I was like, you know, it's a summer weekend. It's not actually because it's shitty outside, but it's Memorial Day weekend. Let's let's get some summer drinks going. And uh, I was going to try some seltzer. Bud Light Lemonade uh, looked pretty good. And it is confirmed. The peach. Uh, in particular, I would recommend that uh, the peaches is okay. pretty damn good, um, and the, the original is is pretty good too. So, you know, get yourself a okay. variety pack and uh, suck suck one of those as well as some Coors Lights. There we go. Sponsor us too, Coors Light. No free ads. There we go. All right. Uh, well, the I think you know if we're we're set on this Twitter bio and you know the logo, it is impressive. I do enjoy our logo. Um, and honestly, Hey man, some, some fire Twitter content. I don't know who's doing the Photoshop, but that, that Photoshop game has been immaculate. Yeah. I have, I have no idea who's, who's doing the Photoshops for us. Shout out that guy. That's it. Um, it's a, he's, but yeah, he's no, I dude. feel like our tweets are, are pretty solid. You know, some people have some pretty shitty tweets out there, but you know, I think our stuff's fire. Can we, can and, we give I mean, love to, if we needed uh, any Christina Garza? We have Jack Sawyer and Christina Garza. Yeah, that's it. You knew. You knew right there. We were on top of it. There you go. There you go. Yep. Shout them Dude, out. That, and Hot it. Fire Tees, they, they should show some love as well. They, they throw some <laughs> likes our way. They do. And we, we appreciate that, you know. But um, honestly, it, it all goes back to me as it usually does um, because I told you to do the uh, ballpark kicks tweet, which got the Steve Peralt retweet. And, um, you know, I got some it's followers true. for us. So uh, shout out me. Wow. You know, you, uh, you do have a couple good ideas every once in a while, but, uh, we're, we got to keep that. We got to keep that ego in check. All right. Um, because now whenever you're wrong, I'm going to have recordings and There's I will play possible. them back in the podcast. Oh, I'm excited for it. We're definitely having trips back down memory lane in, in future episodes. Oh yeah, I feel like we definitely no. got to come back to this one. We're gonna, you know, come back and make fun of ourselves for this bullshit. Yeah, I, hey, I don't know. What you're t- I mean, hey, it's it's uh, it's better than some of our other friends that tried to podcast during the pandemic. Uh, if Will Camilleri gets through the full episode, whoa, whoa, Sam, won't. hey, hey, take it easy. Don't don't name any names. Whoa, <laughs> don't don't talk about our friends like that. Yikes, man. <laughs> he won't he won't listen to the whole thing. You know he won't. <laughs> Oh, you're right. Hey, we didn't listen to the whole ones that he put out, so it's fine. Oh, no. <laughs> you can't say that out loud. I told him I did. <laughs> hey, hey, delete it. Delete the part. <laughs> yeah, we'll cut that out. That'll be cut out in post. Um, all right. Well, hey, man. Uh, I think this is. I think we, we hit where we've been talking for 50 minutes, so I don't think anyone else is going to fucking listen to us any longer. Uh, so any any last final thoughts? No, definitely not. You can, you can cut like 20 minutes of this content, but 
Yeah, that's fine. In conclusion, the Red Sox are good. Xander Bogart should be MVP. Uh, the Red Sox should have had like three rainouts or seven victories. Um, and Spencer is a wine drinking son of a bitch. I feel like that's a little rude, but um, you know, big week this week for the Sox um, at Houston at New York. Um, so that's uh, that's gonna that's gonna tell us a lot. I think um, you know, off off tomorrow? Question mark. No, playing tomorrow. Says says they're playing tomorrow. Um, so yeah, Houston, New York, buckle up, dude. And, Get some and trash you're right, cans, like, take them to Houston, throw them on the field, bang them, and then fuck the Yankees. Boston so, bags. seven and zero, sweep the week. That's it, dude. Take back Let's first go. place. Fuck Tampa. Let's go, baby. All right. Well, hey, uh, next Sunday. Win pod repeat, and he's right. Next Sunday, we release every Monday. Record that that day before. Uh, to anyone that maybe actually will tune into this episode, thank you so much for listening. Um, Sam Anthony, Spencer Wellington signing off. Um, and just remember that Boston Banks. Fuck yeah.